Welcome to the Creative Curious Podcast, guys. This is a live show where we um, dive into some of the most interesting topics of all creation and try to really look at them from a biblical point of view or a biblical worldview. Today, my guest is Garrett Cole. He's the former children's pastor of Antioch College Station. Yeah. He is a former teacher, uh, elementary school, correct? Middle school. Close. Middle school, <laughs> and just a general lover of Jesus, and someone right. that I've been pretty close to for a while, serving in children's ministry and just being in the same church. Yep. Uh, well, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I just wanted to start off today with this Bible verse that was put on my heart. I got a new Bible, which Man, I'm super excited. Looks about. clean. <laughs> you know, it's a new Bible when it doesn't like lay flat on the table. <laughs> right. When it kind of <laughs> wants to close. You know. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, just kind of. The 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 pa- the pages are doing a little weird thing. Yeah, uh, this one's cool because you can actually like there's an app that goes with it, and you can scan the page, and it'll Shoot. give you extra information like a study Bible. Yeah, and it's just not all like all the study all stuff on, it. on the paper. Yeah, and That's it's like cool. just a one column on per oh, page, yeah. which makes it really nice. Nice. Um, so this is something that God has been putting on my heart a lot lately which is Colossians 3, and it says, Since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Hmm. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth, for you have died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. Which you know, I think for what we're talking about today, that's like a great verse. Mm-hmm. And it's been a great verse highlighting this transitional period for me as well is life. Our life in Christ is all about setting our minds on things that are in heaven and not things that are on earth. Yeah. And when we're so focused on the little tiny what's going good, what's going bad, and like putting our heart into things that are here we're always left disappointed yeah and and so like today you know i wanted to talk to you about this transition you literally just stepped down as the children's pastor at antioch yeah just talking about what that process looked like and what that transition is like and how you maybe are aligning trying to align yourself more or trying to uh, allow god to come into your heart more with that perspective of eternal realities yeah yeah absolutely um, yeah, I mean, we just announced it to the church, uh, this last Sunday and it's been something that's been in the works for, you know, a couple months now. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's happened really beautifully. Mm. Um, but it hasn't been a pleasant process. <laughs> I can be completely honest to say mm. that it hasn't been a pleasant process. Um, but yeah. So can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Um, I want to do my best. Um, it's a, it's a struggle. It's a fleshly struggle that when, you know, we go through pain, um, and, and when we have emotions like, like anger and frustration and and sadness to try to point the finger at a, Mm. at human, at a human being or, or human beings. And so I want to do my best to, to honor as many people as I can through this process. And Mm. so, 
um, if I catch myself at certain points, it's not because I'm trying to hide something, but sure. I, I do want to, to honor, um, the, the pastoral covering and the, and the spiritual leadership of, of Antioch Community Church College Station. So just know that going forward. So, um, yeah, probably around August, um, me and the, the senior pastor of, of, of the church, his name's Tyler, um, mm. you know, we sat down and he was like, Garrett, you know, it, it, it was about a year since I started mm. uh, in this role. And he was like, what are you thinking? You know, how do, how do you feel? And, you know, with COVID, we were in the middle of COVID. How, how is that panning out? And, um, you know, we just had a discussion and I, I suggested a couple of things that I felt like were the healthiest things for our children's ministry. You know, I felt like um, we didn't necessarily need somebody full time, which is what I was doing mm. at the time. And um, he agreed with me there and he was like, well, Garrett, you know, I think you and I would both agree that you probably aren't, um, you probably aren't meant to do this job for very long. Like this mm. isn't a career thing for you. Um, this isn't something that you like thrive absolutely full head of steam sprint doing. Mm. You're great at it. You're great at doing it, and you will do it. And I totally agree with him. Like I love my job. I I will continue to do my job as long as the Lord has me in that position, um, and I will do it with a happy heart and enjoy doing it. But I would definitely agree with him that it like it wasn't something that um, made me like come alive mm-hmm. in the fullest extent of the word, you know, of, of the phrase. Um, and so we both agreed with that. And he was like, "Okay, well, let's acknowledge that." And then what do we? Where do we go from here? Um, and he kind of was like, "Here's three options. You know, we can try to find a different role for you at, here at the church. We can, um, you know, maybe see if there's other Antiochs in our U.S. network that." you know, would maybe have an opening for you or you can get back into teaching and coaching. And so we kind of looked at all that, you know, we went about our business and kind of assessed some things. And I was having that in the back of my mind, letting that run. And, um, and, um, that was kind of that for a little while. And, um, where to go from here? Um, so the more we talked about it and kind of explored it, we he was you know Tyler and and our executive pastor Billy were like Garrett this is this is where we see you finding that sprint this mm-hmm. is where we see you finding that that come alive in, in the fullest extent role and it wasn't in in children's stuff and um, it was you know um, doing a lot of task oriented things and maybe working with older students uh, college students or yeah. um, maybe being an executive pastor where I'm in charge of the operations and making sure the the little things and the big things are getting done um, which is something I'm, I feel like I'm good at um, and so the more and more we looked at it um, it became pretty clear that there actually wasn't an opportunity a good fit for me right now on the staff of the church even mm. though there's other positions available um they just didn't feel like it was the best move for them as a staff and they're trying to take our staff to in a direction that is going to ultimately be the best staff to bless the body in the in the fullest extent yeah. you know um and so as as tough of a pill as that to, is to swallow it, it's the, it's the reality and that's that's their role is to make those decisions and it's not mine yeah and so um so what what is that emotional process like through those steps that you've talked about so far been like and how have you been processing that and how have you been you know honoring your own heart and your relationship with god through that yeah so um you know at first the the temptation especially in the the christian community is 
to not even acknowledge your emotions. Sometimes mm-hmm. we have a tendency to say, to, to feel anger and say, no, I, I can't be angry about this. That's not godly. And to shut it out. And when we do that, mm. you can't just throw away anger. You can't just throw away <laughs> yeah. sadness. You can't just throw away hurt. It, it, it doesn't work like that. Mm. Um, and so when you say you're throwing it out, you actually are just shoving it down. And so I knew that and I felt anger. I was like, man, like, you know, there was definitely lies that were whispered of right. the, you know, you don't belong and you're not good enough and sure. all those kind of things. Those were lies, but just the raw emotion of man, like I'm losing my job. Essentially yeah, yeah. I'm losing my job. And that's uh, as a, as a, as a husband and as a father, that's hard to hear. Sure. And so, um, for me, it was like, okay, God, like I acknowledge that I'm really angry right now. I don't want to be angry at Tyler. I don't want to be angry at Billy. I don't want to be angry at you, but I'm angry right now. Mm. What are you speaking right now? Mm. Would 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 I be able to acknowledge my my goal was to acknowledge the anger, the sadness, whatever it was, and to allow the Lord to filter it out through through his words, through his voice. And so just to to be really intentional and to to declare in a lot of scenarios. I remember I was driving home and there's lots of different things going on and I was feeling a lot of different things. And I said, Satan, you are not going to win this one. You are not going to win this one. My God is greater. He's on the throne. He is Lord over my life. He is Lord over my mind, my heart, my soul, everything. It's his. It's not yours. Mm. And so I will not let anger, frustration, jealousy, bitterness, I will, I will not let it rule me. Um, I will be a man of peace. I will be a man of integrity. Just declaring those things audibly out loud. And it helped. It was like, okay, yes, I'm angry. Mm. But that's have perspective here. It's a job. <laughs> yeah. It's a job. And, yeah. and God is sovereign and he's on the throne and 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 he is going to provide like he yeah. I mean Matthew 6 I mean he talks Jesus talks about like look at the birds of the field and and look at the flowers of the field like God cares for them so much enough to give them food and give them a place to 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 sleep he clothes he clothes the flowers and they get burned the next day mm. how much more does he care for us and so I've had to remember that so many times I had to remember that today you know um because like I said on the stage, it's still not clear for us what we're supposed to do. And, you know, like I said before, this has been a, a really hard thing, but it's yeah. been a good thing. Um, you know, we were able to hire somebody that is extremely qualified for this role. Her name's Jordan. And I'm at first when they told me like, hey, we hired this person. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I didn't know that I, I, I needed to be... I for me, I felt like they were kind of kicking me to the curb and I was like, what, you know, why didn't you tell me that you were going to hire this person? And they were like, well, it just happened really fast and we're not kicking you to the curb. We actually want you to like train this person. And the gut in the world reaction would be like, yeah, are you serious? You want me to train my replacement? In what world would I do that? And I had to, to, again, take that to the father and say, God, that makes me really hurt what are you saying? And he goes, Garrett, it's a blessing that you get to like, that this person, you get to train them. Mm. And so, and Jordan's been fantastic and she's been such a great listener and wanted, it's not like she's coming to usurp me. Like she's coming (laughs) to like, Garrett, teach me everything, please. You know? Um, And that's made it a lot more of a blessing and a lot more um, enjoyable. 
Because you have you have built uh, a relationship with the parents Mm -hmm. and like established a uh, you know an atmosphere for the kids and the kids know you and trust you and all these things. So I think you know that's a wise way to look at it too. Like knowing that it's the most God glorifying and kingdom building to like be able to you know with honor transition this other person in and help them in that place and i want to get to uh in this conversation where what this unknown this place of unknown is like and like how you're dealing with that and what how y'all are walking through that but i i want to first like touch on one question i had which is was there ever a tendency to kind of and I think analyzing the situation is good and like taking out, okay, this is what I could have done better. This is what I, you know, can grow from. Was there ever a, a time where you were looking at it and you're like, well, what did I do wrong? Mm. You know? like Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the whole thing, I'm like, I could honestly say, and, and they even acknowledged me. It's like, Garrett, you didn't do anything wrong mm. for this, you know, for this transition. And yeah, there was a ten- there was a temptation to try to recollect and say, man, is there, is there any unconfessed sin? Is there, is there something in my heart that I haven't been open with? Is there, has there been disobedience that is leading to this? And, you know, through so many other, like my wife and my own heart is totally at peace that I've done this job well, Mm. and I've done it to the most, the excellent degree that I have to offer. And I've done what the Lord has asked me to do, and my heart has been in the right place. Um, and and so, yeah, but yeah, there's definitely a tendency to be like, I must have made a mistake somewhere. Right. Especially when the conversation starts with, well, I don't know if we need a full-time position right now. And then it transitions to, oh, well, we hired a full-time position. Well, Jordan's or, not. She's oh, part-time. Part-time. Yeah, she's part-time. Okay. Um, just, I imagine there's like a part in you where it's like, your pride kind of starts to take over. Oh, and it's yeah. like, well, I did excellent, mm. you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, man. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, definitely a uh, temptation for, for pride to, to come up in that moment. Um, and in those moments it, it has, but again, I go back to, it's not, I'm just a part of the body. Yeah. Whether I have a title or not I, right now, I, you know, I happen to have a title by my name, but at the end of the day, I'm just a part of the body. Um, and you can zoom out as much as you want, but when I talk about the body, I'm talking about Antioch College Station. Sure. You know, so I'm just a part of the body and my role is to lay my life down for it and to to lay my life down for the head, Jesus. Um, and I submit not only to the sovereignty and the supremacy of our Lord who wouldn't have allowed this to happen if mm. he didn't want it to happen, mm. but I also submit to the the covering of our leadership of our executive team that it is their job to discern what the lord is speaking and to discern the direction that he wants to take our body and if that includes me not having a title by my name and having a certain a lot a, amount of authority or whatever then um i can trust that you know mm. uh, as hard as it is it's not I, I you know to say i trust that that's an easy thing to say yeah. but to actually do in your heart and in your mind and in your body and your conversations and in your interactions um it's hard but i i do like i do trust that mm. um 
the hardest part about this whole thing has been our what's next. I don't necessarily have a huge problem with the transition. I don't. My hardest thing has been in in some ways, in some few instances, how it's been communicated, but then also what is God asking us to do next? And um, it's been really hard to figure out what that is. Yeah. So what what has your biggest takeaways been from this? Like, what have you learned? From, from this role? You, or from the role from the last year and, and really from walking through this experience. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when something like this happens, you usually kind of process the past year of everything that you've been through, everything that you've done. And I'm sure there's some takeaways from it. So what have been the, yeah, the takeaways? I, I've really tried to look at the positives and, and um, I was actually sitting in an interview and it kind of was a revelation um, of like what, so obviously God only wanted me here for a season, 15 months. It's not really a long time, but I was here for 15 months. What was his divine role and purpose for me in this role for 15 months? And I, the revelation was, you know, um, my predecessor, uh, Heather, yeah. I think that's the right word yeah. for it. My predecessor, Heather, um, she, she was in this role for six years and yeah. she did a absolutely phenomenal job. Number one of, of casting vision for why we do children's ministry the way mm. we do it. Um, but laying the foundation was her role. She, she built a, an extremely strong foundation in which our, our children's ministry is built. Um, for the kids and for the parents, you know, and so what I looking back and reflecting in the revelation I had from the Lord was my role primarily was to build the way we have it, the way we do volunteers, the way that we um, train our volunteers, the way that we honor our volunteers, the way that we build a team, the way that we interact mm. and appreciate and place value on them, how we empower them. That was like the biggest thing that the biggest takeaway for me is that's why I was here. It was the, the foundation was so well built that I could, that could just kind of run and I can manage that in, in a slight way. But what I really needed to cultivate and pioneer was how we train, how we empower, um, how we honor our volunteer teams. And I think that's that's so needed, especially in children's ministry. Typically, I mean, you know this, people really don't, you either really want to be around kids and volunteering kids <laughs> ministry, you really don't, Yeah. you know? And, and so, um, you know, I got a resource one time. It's, it's a book, it's called um, Retain, Not Replace. I think that's, it's a book, but it's just talking about how do we retain volunteers? Yeah. You know, we don't want to have turnover. And so I feel like we've done a, a pretty good job, even with COVID, you know, um, and so that's what I feel like was a huge takeaway from my, my, my role here. And I know that Jordan has a completely different divine anointed, different, unique role that she's going to build on top of what I did, mm. you know, and, um, that's really exciting. It actually really is to see, a, a, you know, somebody completely different come in and do yeah. something unique the way that the Lord has, you know, designed them for this role. Sure. And, uh, you know, I, I kind of want to ask this, uh, it's, probably something a question that most people would avoid these days mm. but it, it just popped in my head i'm like maybe we could go there uh do you feel like you know since so heather obviously a woman mm. to you a man back to a woman in leadership yeah you know, with jordan do you feel like there's different 
assets and skill sets that serve better in different ways as mm. a leader of a children's ministry when you are a man versus a woman? Yeah, um, for sure. Like women and men are created differently for a reason. They're created different. Whether people agree with that or not, it's it, it's my opinion. It's my stance. Like they're just created different yeah. and they're created with different, unique, natural, naturally gifted abilities. Sure. Um, and from the biblical worldview or or uh or lens mm -hmm. it's that is the truth right that's that's what we understand and what we believe that that god has created us unique as men and women and in that unique creation there are different unique characteristics and aspects and callings and personalities that are typical and natural within both so in 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 the scope of ministry um you know i would say that like it fits with why God has us there. Mm. Our unique callings. Yeah. It fits with why, you know, Heather is an incredibly strong woman. She is a right. pioneer of a woman. And so we needed that strong pioneer of a woman to cultivate and completely, um, completely create our children's ministry, you know, almost from the ground. Right. Up. And per I started under her. Right. We, I did too. And so practically, you know, um, starting it from the ground up, but also we needed that nurturer mm -hmm. that understood how to really care for a child, how to really nurture spiritually. We needed a mother who had mm -hmm. children yeah. to know what a child really needs developmentally. And you can get that through education, but you can also get that through experience as being a mother. A father is never going to know, and I know this now as a father, that I will never know to the fullest extent what it truly means to nurture <laughs> and like to nurture yeah. a child compared to my wife. Yeah. I'm never going to know that, that same level. And so, but for me, it's just a different thing. It's totally different. But for me, you know, as a man, um, you know, I feel like my role has really been, like I said, with volunteers is to cultivate that honor to, and it, not to say that a woman couldn't have done that extremely well. Somebody probably could Jordan or Heather probably could have done it extremely well. Sure. But for my giftings as a man to, be fatherly to be protective um you know it's been good especially during this COVID time um to, to to know that like and i've had mothers share this with me that they feel like because i am i'm father i'm i am a father but i i'm fatherly in my personality sure. naturally um that they feel like they they can trust me with their children mm. that I, their, their children are safe that um you know they they they, they have faith in us as a ministry um, but also just with like the volunteers to know that like volunteers, our volunteer team, they know that I care for them. They know that like I will go to bat for them and that I will defend them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah. You know, so it, it's... There's been a few instances with yeah. me that, <laughs> yeah. where you had to kind of help me out. Yeah. But I mean, um, so does that answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, something I'm very curious about because you do have a son now. Mm-hmm. And that you started off in the position, I think, before mm -hmm. he came. Mm -hmm. uh, is there things that you have learned or, uh, you know, just the experience in general of being a children's pastor and being involved in the ministry in that way that's forever going to change the way that you raise your son? Um, yeah. I mean, it, I wouldn't necessarily peg it to being in the role of the children's pastor. I would just be pegged into being involved in 
Antioch kids, mm. whether I was a children's pastor or not. Um, just being around the kids. Just being around kids and being around who we are as a ministry and, and what we believe in and what we fight for, what we contend for, what we believe in, um, you know, that every child has a unique and a, a unique role in the kingdom mm. now. Like they, they can have a role to play in the kingdom of in the kingdom of God, like right here, right now, to know that we can empower children to do that, that they have the same Holy Spirit. When when we when somebody that's 24 can say, Jesus, I want you to come into my heart, they're stamped and sealed by the Holy Spirit, that same Holy Spirit is the same that would come into a four-year-old that truly, truly mm-hmm. had an encounter with Jesus. Um, and so they can do just as many miraculous things through the Holy Spirit as a 24-year-old could, mm-hmm. you know? And so to know that and have those experiences definitely has shaped how I want to raise my son and my future children for sure. Yeah. Me and ha- me and Haley, you know, we both were in, in kingdom kids together. Sure. Um, so very formative. Is that how y'all met or? No, that's not how we met. Okay. Uh, we were set up actually. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I, I randomly had a, a class with a old high school, um, classmate of mine i didn't know we were going to be in the class together but we ended up being in the class and that was Haley's roommate random roommate that mm-hmm. got assigned and uh my friend and i were sitting in class one day and and i was single at the time and she was like hey you're single right i was like yeah and she goes you need to meet my roommate she loves jesus <laughs> and uh she had already started going to antioch i didn't go at the time and then we had dated for a little while we decided to go and then we were like well we should serve together we both love kids and so we, we jumped in there together wow that's that's bold uh so on that note of, of kids, mm-hmm. uh, before we move on to like what this transitional period is for you, um, what, what do you think the role of a children's ministry is? Because obviously the parents have a role in raising their children. And yeah. obviously like you and I have both seen how like children vary so much based upon what their family dynamics are and yeah. just what their, you know, base personality is, you know, just yeah. created by God. What, where does the children's ministry fit in and all of that? And like, cause you know, there is like, okay, what, are you are the parents supposed are responsible to teach the kids and what is the ministry responsible yeah. for yeah it's a hard it's a hard balance to find but the way the way the where where i've landed with it is that we are ultimately not the primary spiritual we shouldn't be we shouldn't be the primary spiritual head or leadership in a child's life mm-hmm. biblically speaking that role and responsibility falls on the parents and so we want to do everything we can to equip, train, and empower parents to know that, that it's not primarily, it doesn't fall all on us. We only get your kids for maybe two hours a week. You have them for most of the time, and, and you're going to have them forever. So yeah. their spiritual growth is primarily up to you. And so we have fantastic parents at Antioch that that understand that. But we we do have a reality that is a good thing, that we have parents that come in the doors that don't know that. Mm. And and that's a healthy church. You know, we don't yeah. want it to just be this place for perfect parents to come in and, you know, whatever. We want it to be a place where people come and grown-ups come and find Jesus and then they have this revelation, well, my kids need to know about Jesus and how do I do that? Mm. And so we want to come under a family group. We want to come in under a family team and partner with them as much as we can mm. and say, how can we ultimately provide a space that's safe but also spiritually sharpening that can put your child in the best position to encounter Jesus. Mm. 
So what are some ways that you see maybe uh, children ministries in, in general creating this more well-rounded uh, way of unifying the family unit and mm-hmm. coming under the family mm-hmm. more than just separate separating them? Okay, you do this ministry and then you leave your kids here. How, how do you see maybe the future of ministry developing in a way to where you we're actually a community with the kids and yeah. everything. Is that, is that something you have vision for? For sure. Um, I, I think it's happening now. It's, it's, um, that's why we're different than I'd say a lot of other children's ministries, because what we teach is reproducible in the home. We teach worship, you know, we teach actually studying the scripture, not just hearing a story and, you know, regurgitating it. Like we're, we want to teach them, at, at appropriate developmental stages, but we want to teach them that a relationship with Jesus isn't just on a Sunday morning thing. It's in a, in the home thing. And we want to teach mm-hmm. them to go and talk to them, talk to other people about who Jesus is in their life and go talk to mom and dad about who right. Jesus is in their life, you know? And so that's like what we're trying to continue to do and fine tune. Mm-hmm. What I would love, and, and we've, we've tried to do this in the past. It, it comes down to a lot of spacing and, um, uh, manpower but ultimately i would love to have um well some sorry something else that we are doing is life group in the midst of parents going to life group we're hoping that they people that maybe don't understand what biblical parent parenting looks like we're hoping that in life group uh, being mm. invested in a life group that they're seeing through example and through discipleship like oh, well, maybe I missed the mark in some ways. Or, oh, I never knew that I actually, my responsibility to train my children up in the way of the Lord. I Maybe I didn't know that. How do I do that? To ask that in the context of life group and discipleship. That's a that's like a huge way that needs to happen and continue to happen. Mm. Practically speaking, I, I have really some strong vision for um, equippings, you know, to invite parents like, hey, mom, dad, that's all, that's, have all the parents get together on a, on a Saturday night, like that's how the all day Saturday, just parent seminar. That's bringing some guests that are expert veteran parents. You know, um, Jimmy Cyber has a book. Uh, I think Jimmy and Laura both have a book out, um, Parenting Without Regret. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not the end all be all of resources. There's and there's so many resources outside the movement, but just to have a guest speaker, have a seminar. Let's talk about what's working in parenting and what's not working in parenting. Let's help those who are brand new at this that maybe yeah. are first time Christians at 27 and have two kids. And they're like, I have no idea how to do this. Yeah. That's that. I think that would be really helpful. I, I once ha- uh, heard a pastor, he was talking to another pastor and he, the other pastor was like, our, ch- you know, our children's ministry, we have, we have to turn people away. Mm. And he was like, he was like, you, you know, you need to make bigger, more space. Mm. You should never be turning children away. Mm. And, that kind of thinking really got in my head because it's like so many of, uh, you know, character traits, uh, how close you are to the Lord, uh, just developmental issues, depression, anxiety stems from childhood. Mm, Like most of our problems in adulthood stem from something in childhood and not, and, and a lot of times not having a good spiritual covering in the family. So I think a lot of times, we 
don't maybe look at ministry in the same way Jesus would have in mm. the sense of, no, these kids are the most important part. Yeah. These kids we need to focus on more than expanding our YouTube channel or expanding, yeah. you know, like let's start with the kids. And then in a generation, yeah. we have the healthiest church we've ever had. Yeah. And so that, that's something that I would like to see is just like recognizing not only it, should we be pouring into the kids as much as possible, maybe that should be our prime focus, hmm. but understanding that there's so much that you can learn from the kids. Yeah. And I like your mentality too. I, before I met you, I never really thought about it that way that like a kid could minister to the heart of their parent. Oh, for sure. Like I've seen it happen. <laughs> seen it happen do you have any examples of that yeah i mean not i i can remember hearing testimonies and in, in parents coming to me and um you know heather telling me stories about um you know kids just going home and and mom and dad are struggling or maybe in a fight or having a really mm. hard day and kiddo was like hey let's just pray together real quick this is pray and ask oh. Jesus like he, he loves you and, and just like praying so encouragement sweet. and blessing over mom and dad. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like what, who are you? You know? Um, yeah, lots of stories like that. And, um, uh, children in the supernatural is a really good book too. Mm. It's, it's from the Bethel movement. So whether you are, you know, whatever your opinions are in the <laughs> Bethel movement, you know, so take yeah. it with a grain of salt, but like, um, it's from, a uh, you know, a parent in, in the, in, in that movement, um, and talking about different supernatural encounters that children's had, yeah. children have had with the Holy Spirit and just their different giftings and why we want to empower them and that they do have the same Holy Spirit that we do. Yeah. Why do we, why do we choke that out? You know, why do we damper that? You know, yeah. so great resource. Yeah. So I think, you know, this can kind of be a transition is, uh, I think a lot of times we put a ton of pressure on our own shoulders, like in mm. ministry and just in our walk with mm. the Lord um, and, you know, I do think there's good, you know, biblical fundamentals like of, you know, f listening to like there's a lot of warnings in this book about you don't do this. You don't do this. You're not yeah. going to inherit the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so there's like biblical realities that we need to take seriously. But For I think sure. a lot of times we miss that it's not by our own strength that we're going to be able to maintain those. Like I think. Mm -hmm even in the same ch chapter in Colossians that we were reading, it was talking about uh, just how, you know, you make all these rules, these man-made rules, mm -hmm. and but they're just reflections of the reality that is going to come, and they yeah. don't really last. Or maybe they're just a shadow or yes, something yes, like that. Yes, yes, a shadow. Yeah, yeah they, don't, they won't really produce fruit long-term. Mm -hmm. They're good, and they'll take... You, you think they're good because they'll take discipline and all these things, but it's actually the shift in the heart it's the shift in your way of thinking mm -hmm. through the encounter of jesus yeah. and the holy spirit and allowing him to heal and like take out those childhood wounds and mm -hmm. and, and all these things that leads us to prospering and, and bringing life to other people yeah and so like you know kind of going in through what you're going through right now is there anything specifically that the lord's brought up in your own heart through this that you're like I need to take a look at that. I didn't really think about that before. I didn't know that was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, the, the dialogue we have for that in the movement is called tending your heart, mm. you know? Um, and 
it doesn't have to be this big formal thing. It's just something that you need sure. to do. And it's, it's simply just like asking the Lord, God, am I believing any lies about something or a situation or about a person, um, about you? Am I believing any of those lies? And why am I believing those lies? Jesus, please heal me. Take, take those. I don't want to believe those lies. I rebuke those lies. I repent mm-hmm. from disobeying you, Lord, and now speak and replace those lies with what you're speaking. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, the, I would say like something that's come up, I was actually talking to a call, um, um, not a colleague. I mean, he used to be my boss, yeah. um, but incredible man of God. I was talking to him last night and he's like, well, Garrett, what are you afraid of? Mm. Cause we've got some options on the table that, you know, as far as next steps and next jobs and things like that. And they're, they can, they, several of them, almost all of them don't add up in, in all the, all, all the aspects. They don't all check the marks off. They seem risky in, in a lot mm. of different ways and um, not necessarily well-rounded, but he was like, Garrett, what are you afraid of? And, and I said, I think I'm afraid of number one, like if I get into this role, if I, this for, to be real, like if I get back into teaching and coaching, I'll never have the opportunity to explore other interests and passions that I have in my heart. And he goes, well, that's a lie right there. Mm. And I also shared with him, like, um, there is a fear of providing for my family, you know, of, of not being able to provide for my family, of, of failing as a man and as a, as a husband, as a father, there is that fear. And so like acknowledging both those fears and, and, and he, he just in the moment was like, well, Garrett, that's a lie. Mm. Like, we're going to rebuke that lie, like right now. And we're going to say like, Satan, you're not going to win with that one. That's a lie. Um, you are a completely free man of God. You are not defined or graded um, by the amount of money that you make. Um, you are not defined or judged by how comfortable, I stress those quotes, how comfortable mm-hmm. um, your family may seem. Um, you are judged by the spiritual covering, the spiritual leadership of, of your family. You are judged by did you go, did you come to me or did you go to yourself? Did you go to your brain? Did you go Mm. to your gut or did you come to me? You Mm. know, that's what we're judged by. And, um, so do you you feel like it's, this has been showing you like where you're rooted? Like, are you, are you rooted in like this ability to provide for your family and make money Mm -hmm. and like, your strength in that or are you rooted in the trust of God? Oh yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like through this whole process, I've had to constantly remind myself like Garrett, you are like covered Mm. by a heavenly father that loves you. You are not defined. You are not rooted. You do not have any value. There is no value. Nothing is as valuable in this world as your heavenly father. Um, nothing is as valuable, like no amount of money, no perfect job is better than just knowing that like your heavenly father loves you and covers Mm -hmm. you and protects you and will provide for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've had to, I'm, I feel very rooted in the covering and the peace of the father. Um, I feel very like at peace that, that God is still who he says he is. Um, so where I'm curious because like I'm walking through, life change right now i'm sure the listeners remember from the last episode (laughs) (laughs) um and i'm curious what has that 
integration process been like for you with hearing this like rebuke of these lies you're believing mm. from uh sound counsel from people that love the lord yeah and then believing that in your heart yeah um just with practice mm. just with practice <laughs> and experience um and to like if you're going to rebuke the lie and then choose not to truly believe it in your heart like I get the rationale behind that, but it's like, it comes down to a simple question for me is, do you believe God is who he says he is? Mm. Anytime I'm like struggling with something to like really believe in my heart, something I, I, I am reminded of that question. Do I really believe that God is who he says he is? If I do, then I have to believe it in my heart. If mm. I truly believe that God is who he says he is, that he is the God of the Bible. He's the God of that has been in my life for uh, 11 years now, you know, yeah. um, he's been there the whole time, but you know, since I've chosen to follow him, um, you know, is he, is, if he, if he is who he says he is, then number one, I can believe that, that my words, that my audible words of rebuking these lies actually mean something in the supernatural. Mm -hmm. They do. They actually mean something in the supernatural that when I audibly say them and believe them at the same time, um, like, because I carry the Holy Spirit inside of me, the enemy must heed my word. All right. The enemy and the enemy's um, demons must heed my word. They must they must listen um, because I have the power of Jesus inside of me, and they quake in fear at the light and the sound of His voice and His name. And yeah. um, and so if I like truly believe that, and I just like thinking about that picture is, is encouraging <laughs> yeah. to me that even if I struggle, even in the moment to believe those words, it's like, I remind myself that if God is who he says he is, then I can believe these things in my heart, that these are the promises that the Lord has spoken over me. And uh, like, whether I see them come to fruition and come to pass in 20 years or in two days, like he is still is, he still mm. is who he says he is, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah, what was, what has that balance been like? Because there, you know, you can, I think getting sound counsel and abundance of counsel, there's victory. Mm. Um, and I think that is the first thing to do. You know, I mean, the first thing to do is get down on your knees and pray yeah. and surrender. And I don't know what to do. God just cry out for him. You yeah. know? And, uh, but I think, you know, especially when you're going through a hard time, like, seek those that godly counsel like mm -hmm. godly counsel like yeah. you can seek other counsel and if your your parents follow or not follow but the most important thing is people that hear from god and know you yeah and getting input from them in, in abundance like yeah. multiple inputs and all this yeah what has been you know and i know you've been doing that what has been the relationship between that and really just getting on your own in the word mm -hmm. and in prayer Cause there, there is like this where you can rely on someone too much and then not really try to hear from the Lord and receive that. So what, what has that yeah. been like? Well, Bailey, I'm really glad you asked that question. Cause I was actually driving over here <laughs> and, um, we, we are kind of in the, the crunch time of some decisions that we have to make. We have a deadline by tomorrow, whether I accept or not a job. Mm -hmm. And so we were thinking Haley and I like, man, we've, we, we've informed a lot of people that we trust, that we love about what's going on, but we haven't necessarily asked, hey, what do you think? And so we've been doing that kind of sporadically over the past 24 hours. But then on the drive over here, God was like, Garrett, you've asked, you, you've, you've, 
you haven't yeah. asked the most important person <laughs> in a while. Like through this process, I've continued yeah. to go back to the Father and say, God, what are you speaking and journaling about that? We did a 30-day journal and, and a fast when a lot of this happened, but he was he was very, very honest when he said, Garrett, you've, you're asking all these people and that's fine, but you're, you're, you, you haven't gone back to the one opinion that really, really matters. Yeah. And so <laughs> Jesus, I repent in this moment. Um, I truly do repent father. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Um, and so it's a very hard balance because as a people person, as somebody who's very quick to trust counsel and to desire that, sure. um, I have to do have to check myself. I'm saying, am I relying? Those people do hear from the Lord and, and carry the Lord inside of them, but they hear in part and see in part. The the true, right. authentic, uninhibited, unworldly, completely pure and holy voices, the voices of our Father. And mm-hmm. so um, if you're not getting, I would say you have to get more of that than you do counsel because it's perfect and it's holy sure. and, and, and our counsel is good and it's wise, but it's not perfect. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times we run into like, you know, especially through hard times, like we're on fire for the Lord. And then in hard times we're like, am I actually hearing what he's saying mm-hmm. or am I making things up? Yeah. You know? And so I think that's kind of a good place where counsel lies, like bring it, Hey, this is what I'm believing about God. And they're like, I think that's a lie, you yeah. know? kind of calibrating your recentering. Yeah. Yeah, Calibrating is a good word for it. Yeah. I mean, something, a really healthy thing that we were encouraged to do in this process, we were, it has been one of the hardest seasons in my life, discerning the voice of the Lord. I've really had a hard time really because that's, it's really, it's not, I'm not trying to um, be ingenuine when I say this or insensitive, but it's really easy for me to just say yes to him. Cause I like, I know he's good and I know his yes, my yes to him is the best. Bridal. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, it's just simpler that way. And yeah, yeah, yeah. if, and so, yeah. um, in this process, there hasn't been a clear Garrett, this is mm. what I want you to do. And so, um, so do you feel like in like, what do you think the Lord's trying to teach you through that? Like, do you think he, you know, cause I, I know for me, like I'll get like clear, answers sometimes mm-hmm. and then other times like he's like i want you to make your own decisions yeah. you know i want you to be able to grow from it and if you make you know a good decision then you're going to reap the benefit if you make a bad decision you're going to learn from it learn exactly yeah. um well i think one of the biggest things he's asking me to do is number one be really open and vulnerable with my spouse and with you know just communication and we've we've had to go into the trenches you know in this in this season but also just grow in other disciplines um something i was just about to say that like an exercise we did was we did a 30-day journal and i'm not typically a journaler mm-hmm. and so doing that was really helpful um was it difficult as well um it was hard to stay disciplined and consistent in the 30-day journal um but when i did it it was it was great um yeah. and, and and got a lot of clarity from that um, something else we did was without telling some people that we did trust it, we didn't tell them of the situation. We didn't tell them about the job situation, about the transition. We didn't tell them, but we said, Hey, would you just wait on the Lord and see what he's speaking? And, mm-hmm. um, we each did that to three, three guys and Haley did three girls and, and just to see like what they say and what the Lord is speaking collaboratively through them and, and see if there's some like divine alignment, you yeah. know? Um, cause without like the context and yeah. stuff, like, uh, I know this man that, um, 
he does like healing prayer ministry mm-hmm. and he he was telling me that it's, it's the hardest people to do it for is the people he knows yeah because he has all this context and then he doesn't know if that's just coming from the lord right like and so i thought that was interesting yeah and we had some friends that they went through a transition themselves and they moved um and they did that before they moved and all six of their people were like perfectly in alignment with saying yes to the move and we did our six and like nothing lined up (laughs) nothing lined up and we're like no this was supposed to be it um and so we just had to continue to say god like what are you leading us into now and do we need to try something different and i think that's such the cool thing about god though is he's different in every situation and it keeps us on our toes and it makes it to where we're not just like casting lots every time you know what i'm saying we're not like coming up with oh this is the perfect if you the the recipe yeah if you yeah if you ever need to know here's the four steps to discernment you know like (laughs) well yeah i mean it keeps us honest and it keeps us like you said it keeps us reliant on him yeah it keeps us reliant and because that's uh, what he wants more than anything yes is our heart he wants us yes like that is the ultimate thing if he Mm -hmm. if we get gain the whole world but he loses us in the process yeah that we're dead we're dead (laughs) yeah so yeah so so you're in this place Mm -hmm. you have to make a decision tomorrow yep for for a specific avenue if i was to ask you right now what that decision is Mm -hmm. do you think you could just from the spirit answer it oh like what we should do what what you think you are gonna say oh shoot. is that a lot to ask <laughs> um no uh man it's hard yeah um you don't have to no I mean, it's <laughs> it's fine i mean i think i think ultimately we'll say yes to the job um and saying yes to the job is the most is the scarier option. Mm, it's the most right. believe we have to believe for the miracle option. Uh, it's the option where there's so much there's so much more unclarity um, than there is in the other option. So um, yeah, but do you do you feel like saying yes to the job isn't saying no to like like you said that lie you were believing that if you get back in the teaching or coaching or whatever it may be that the lie is that you are literally signing over all your hopes and dreams is 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 saying yes to this not necessarily saying no to something else um well i mean i'll be honest like so the the offer on the table is the teaching job okay um in in mainer which is in the austin area yeah yeah, yeah. and wow. you're from austin yeah. that's right um so yeah mainer <laughs> hey uh, Tesla and Amazon are all going out there. So you probably yeah. can't say Mainer anymore. And Apple's already there. <laughs> Apple's already there. So, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be Mainer. Mainer. Um, but anyway, I got an offer there. You got to um, say it with elegance. Yeah, with elegance. Mainer. Mainer. With, with esteem. <laughs> right, right. Um, it probably, I mean, it's going to be like that in like three four, years. Yeah, <laughs> I mean. So, and then, so that would involve us moving. Yeah. Um, breaking our lease and having to pay a lot of money to break our lease. Mm. Um, changing community, too. changing community, finding another place to live. Um, wow. And you know, so does part of that excite you? Oh, absolutely. When when this prospect of a new job and maybe moving, absolutely exciting. 
um, it's really hard on my spouse. And that's probably what I feel the most because she doesn't like change and mm. it's insecure. It is. And, and so as a husband mm. that loves his spouse and loves his bride, um, to see her really like for that to be weighty on her is hard for me. It puts weight on me. Yeah. Um, and so the other option is I, I have a part-time job opportunity here in town. Mm. Um, but that is not enough to support us. And so I would have to get multiple jobs, um, in order to support us. And, um, but we're staying here We're we're not having to pay the fines associated with breaking our lease. And so we're trying to weigh the options, you know, in that way. Um, and so is there possible to like co-lease or something? We tried. Really? Yeah. Can't I mean, find anybody. We to... can't fi- well, we can't sublet our oh, apartment sublet. complex. It doesn't allow for a sublet. Uh, well, the only way to do it is to put somebody on our lease, which still means that we're financially liable. liable. And so we've asked people that we know, um, but nobody can take a release, you know? So, um, it, yeah, um, that's the reality of it. And the, the Lord can still provide the miracle sure. in that way or in other ways. Um, so I think I have a piece that like, regardless of if we say yes to the teaching job, there are still opportunities for other things down the, down the, down the line. Um, I mean, I was like, when I first found out I was going to need to transition jobs, I was like, well, I can do anything. I'm 24. I'm like qualified. I have experience. Like I thought about getting into commercial piloting, which is an old dream of mine. Uh, I looked into firefighter paramedic school, old dream of mine that the Lord started to rekindle in my heart. And he was like, Hey Garrett, go for everything. I'm going to shut the doors that I want to shut. And so that's what we've done. Yeah. And, but now we've got two doors open and now it's like, we have to decide which doors, which door to walk through, mm. you know? Dang. I had no idea you're only 24. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. You're only a year older than me. Yeah. I feel like you're like five years older than me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't, I don't try to do that. No, no. It's, it's, it, where do you think that comes from? Um, I think it comes from my like life experiences yeah. have made me I mean, I've always been definitely more like mature than my age just because yeah. of my life experiences. And, and and you are married, do have a son. Married, have a son. That adds definitely And you years. were a teacher. Yeah, like I've been in the workforce and, you know, so. Um, and I think just like, I've it's again, not a pride thing, so yeah, don't yeah. say it again. <laughs> um, but just joking. the Lord, I feel like has given me a good, healthy level of wisdom and discernment to speak into certain things that typically comes with age. Yeah. Um, and so makes me maybe seem older. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Dude, I, I, I want to, I didn't do this in my last podcast, but we're going to do it now. Okay. I want to, uh, do a couple rapid fire questions. Okay. If, uh, you are ready for them. You so, got a drink. Uh, <laughs> so, ready. uh, so if you could choose a single superpower, what would it be? single superpower flying flying yep and why because i love i like i said i looked into being a pilot i thought uh, i wanted to be a naval pilot before i found out i was colorblind so um yeah flying for sure you didn't know you were colorblind until i was 18 years old had no idea i was colorblind so is that like just shades of things yeah you're... it's really hard for me to see colors on top of colors i'm looking at your posters and yeah. like um I can see, like, I can see, I feel like I can see the color, but Haley would probably disagree with me. Like, we get into arguments over all the time about, like, what (laughs) colors actually are, and the doctor that diagnosed my colorblindness was like, 
I was like, I see the stoplights, like, fine. He goes, your brain has convinced yourself that it's green and red. You don't uh, necessarily actually see them that well. So, uh, anyway. So, pink, not salmon. Orange, uh, not salmon. I get, I get, <laughs> uh, I have a hard time with shades of, yeah. of green and red. Okay. Second question. Preferred landscape. City, beach, mountains, lakes, etc. Mountains. Mountains. Why? Have you lived in the mountains before? I've spent I spent two summers in Alaska. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Anchorage, Alaska, working with kiddos in par- in parks. I want to move there and live there one day. I want to plant a church there. I've been to Alaska one time in my life, and Where'd it's amazing. Go? It was right on the edge of Canada. Oh, do you know? Maybe that's the capital. Yeah, I think so. I think that's where I went. I did dog sledding. Oh, that cool! Was super cool. Yeah, yeah, on a glacier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love Alaska. Yeah, that was really cool. Just like dog power. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, and people travel thousands of miles that way. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your favorite part about Alaska? Um, man, I I like fish. <laughs> <laughs> I did get to go fishing. I got to go salmon fishing and halibut fishing. Um, it's not that fun. <laughs> it's really not. Um, to is their own really because. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like fishing. Fun fact about much. Alaska. Fun fact about Alaska for all you, for all the listeners and viewers. Here you go, the salmon that you eat down here in the south. If you ever go to a restaurant and eat salmon, is the the grade of salmon that they they're feeding you in the restaurant is the grade of salmon that Alaskans feed to their dogs. Mm. Wow. Yeah, because the the salmon are so far south that they catch, their the the meat grade is so much lesser. And if you actually go to Alaska and, and fish the salmon, um, that's like pristine salmon. Do they eat sushi in Alaska? There's a lot of uh, Asian culture. Yeah. Um, that That's probably my answer to the, my favorite part about Alaska is the diversity, oh. especially Anchorage. Um, it's only about 300,000, 250,000 people. Pretty small. It's the biggest city in Alaska is that, that big. But um, wow. the kids that I worked with and the families around there, I mean, you had people from Hawaii, some, uh, Samoa, Palau, um, you, uh, the, the Sudan, um, Mexican kids, white kids, black kids, like, so, um, there's a huge group and population of what they're called the Hmong people, H H M O N G. Um, the Hmong people, they were there as refugees. Like the U S government used to take people in crisis that were seeking asylum in the U S and just dump them in Alaska. Wow. And so there's like <laughs> tons of people groups there that like, have all different backgrounds and cultures and it's really fun to be so, a part of them. So you've only been there in the summer. I have only ever been there in the summers. <laughs> I think it, I got it on my phone. Let's check the temperature in right Anchorage. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, for my friends that still live up there, the Belmores, they're missionaries up there. Um, they told me why well, they posted that it's like a couple of days ago that it was 10 degrees already oh in, in Anchorage. Gosh. It is seven degrees in Anchorage. Wow. Okay, it is seven. What does de- that? What does seven degrees feel like? It. I don't even know. A lot colder than Texas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a high of seven and a low of negative eight. Wow. Yeah. Yikes. So, um, <laughs> what's crazy is like the sun's gonna start to disappear when you get into the the death of the summer. Um, the death of the summer. The death wow. of the summer. Like, and sorry, right, not the. De- sorry, I misspoke. The death of the winter. My bad. Uh, the death of the winter. It's like the sun doesn't come up till about in between nine and 10 and then it goes down in between three and four. Right. That's it. And it's all always night. And then in the summer, 
it's, it's 20 like hours day. of sunlight. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 20 hours of sunlight. If you ever look at it, that. you could look at a time lapse of Anchorage, the sun in Anchorage or whatever in the summertime. It's so much fun. It's like the sun, it, it pops up about like three or four in the morning and it hovers the horizon for a little bit and then it shoots up in the air and it stays mm. up there until about midnight and it comes back down to the horizon. Uh, sorry, probably 10 o'clock. It comes back down to the horizon and scoots along the horizon for another like four or five hours and then it only pops down and is truly not visible for like three or four hours <laughs> yeah that's crazy i remember that i'll be like because because I, I i only went there on a cruise mm -hmm. and, and if you go on a cruise alaskan cruises are the best i don't yeah. know why <laughs> i don't know why they are but it's just amazing in the summer at least. yeah in the summer you could swim on the ship yeah in the summer even though it was like kind of cold, but it, I don't know, heated it's, pools, I guess. It's great because like in the summertime, it's direct sunlight. Uh, the angle of the sun to us, is, it's, so it's really direct sunlight. Um, but it's like it, there's no humidity yeah. at all. Yeah. Like you could just get in the shade and it feels 70 mm. and that's it. You get in the sunlight, it feels hot. But like more often than not, there's cloud cover and a little rain during the day. And um, so I do before I before we move there. <laughs> I, it's a dream that the Lord has given me. So like whether I love the weather or not, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Haley has never been there. And so we need to is go she on board. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. She is not on board yet. Uh, she hates the cold. Um, but yeah. once I think once we get her up there, she's going to be like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. So you just have to go in summer in summer. Right. We're going to disregard the other four or five months and, uh, yeah. yeah, exclude that. I didn't know it was this cold. Okay. Last rapid fire mm -hmm. and you don't have to answer this okay. one so i'm gonna preface by like we like to get real on this show but you don't have to answer this we so haven't if, already gotten real oh uh, we have okay. I, I know you're gonna say yes but but i want to give the option okay you have an out yes okay <laughs> so if you want to answer you can but yeah, right, but, but you have to tell me before i ask that if i'm gonna answer <laughs> or not no i guess not okay so uh what is your biggest insecurity, if any? Biggest insecurity, if any. Um, this is not a fear question. If this was a, what is right. my greatest fear? It'd be frogs. Mm. There's a real frogs. one. Frogs. Wait, can you just explain that real fast? Yes. Traumatic experience. I was a little kid, huge toad. I kid you not. I mean, cow patty sized toad in our pool. Um, my parents are divorced at the time, so my mom's at yeah. the house. And she like leans over the side. I'm watching her and she leans over the side of the pool and this toad, huge frog jumps up in my mother's face. Uh -uh. Seriously jumps up in my face. She freaks out. So like I've been kind of scarred. Right. That way. Don't like frogs, but grace insecurity. I think there's like uh, frogs specifically. I think there's some link with the occult or something with like frog symbolism or something like in Weird. certain I don't know. I don't know if it's something as a to teacher though, my, my, as a teacher, I had to dissect frogs oh, for class. I hated that. And it was, I had to, it was, it was a little creepy the first probably a couple times, it. I don't think I did it. but I got through it and I was like, they're all dead. It's fine. <laughs> so, um, greatest insecurity. Um, and it could be something that you've like surrendered to the Lord yeah. or whatever, but maybe, I mean, probably having to do with my parenting, uh, for sure. Um, or no, no, I'll say this. It's definitely some, this is something I've surrendered to the Lord is, um, my, uh, genetic disposition for addiction, mm. genetic disposition for addiction. 
um, come from a long line of addicted men, uh, mostly to alcohol. And um, so, like, so, so do you not drink at all? I do drink actually. Okay. Um, but that was the thing. It was like, I had a huge legalism towards it. And it was like, I'm, I'm genetically predisposed for addiction. So I'm never going to, and there's traumatic experiences in my life um, that don't define me. And I'm, sure. you know, whatever, but like, um, they're, they're there. The part of my life was resulting from people around me being, uh, alcoholics. And, um, and so as a, as my, you know, my parents. And so it's like, as a child that was traumatizing and affected me. And I never want my children to ever have to go through that any, anywhere close. So I was like, I'm never going to drink. It just would prevent the issue whatever, you know, I had a lot of addiction, um, issues with pornography and things like that. And so that's where that manifested a lot. And, um, you know, I have freedom from that completely, which is praise Jesus. But, um, but then in parenting, I was like, um, you know, or, or I had to acknowledge that, yes, I do have a genetic predisposition, but it doesn't define me. It doesn't define who I am in Jesus. Mm. Jesus's blood is completely covering of anything that is fleshly and worldly in my body. We can acknowledge that that's a demonic um, uh, stronghold on my family. So I rebuke that. And I say, I I do not, uh, I I will not be defined. I will not partner with this stronghold. I rebuke this stronghold on my family. And we intercede for that for me and my brothers and and my, still my parents. And so, um, but also just to say like Jesus um, is Jesus's blood is completely covering. And if I'm truly stamped and sealed and defined through the lens of Jesus's death, burial and resurrection, then like, I don't have to live in the fear that I'm going to be addicted to whatever, mm. you know, cause mm. it's, Jesus is better. Jesus is greater. Jesus is more powerful. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, man. So yeah, like, man, this is a crazy time for you right now crazy time for your family probably one of the biggest things that you went through as a family unit yeah Haley and i laughed the other day it's it seems real now because we got to make a decision but a week ago we were like you know at the end of the day probably 10 years from now we're gonna look back and be like it's fine like this isn't a yes this is a a life-changing decision um moves are involved and things like that but like 10 years down the line we're gonna be like it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. So what's your <laughs> what's your hope for this? My hope. Um, I mean, my hope, probably my biggest hope in all this is that Haley and I have unity in all this. Mm. I could care less where we live. I could care less what I do. I just want to, me and my wife to be on the same page and to, to, to agree that this is what the Lord is asking us to do mm. and to just... Jump. Is that something y'all been walking through? Just like... A struggle for unity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like we're so different people. And so, um, it's been really hard to not only it from just who we are land on the same page, but also with discerning the Lord landing on the same page. Um, so yeah, that's been like my biggest prayer is like, Jesus, would you just unify us? I don't care. I don't care what we do. I don't care what I do. I don't. Yeah. I could care less. I just want to be unified. So do you have any advice when it comes to that? Yeah, I mean, so like I told you earlier, um, I, we reached out to a couple people and said, without telling them any context, um, you know, what is the Lord speaking? And so I did that, and it's actually my barber 
And we, I sat down in his chair one day, and he was he just wanted to expand on it a little bit more. And he said, Garrett, I'm just feeling this push from the Lord to just really listen to your spouse. Mm. Really, really listen to her. Really, really bless her as much as you can. Um, Do I know this barber? I don't know. Is he pretty cool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like really cool? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. Can we shout this barber out? Yeah, are you ready? One, two, three. Luke, Luke Knowles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Luke, if you ever hear this, bro, we love you. We love you. We thank you. We're thankful for your ministry, yeah. how you serve the Lord. But yes, I was talking to Luke <laughs> and uh, he was like, just love we your wife. We need to cut right that now. clip and like it, send it to send him. Send it to him. <laughs> um and so my advice is as as me as the, the spiritual covering um of my household is to really listen to your spouse. Mm. Uh, it's so like as somebody, as, as, a, as the man who's like, okay with the risk um, and doesn't necessarily worry too much about the money. Like my instinct and my gut is to believe for the miracle before I really like do the math, I guess yeah. um, to, to put, to put the math over the potential of the miracle. My instinct is to do sure, the miracle sure. over the math. Haley's the, the opposite. And um, so your instinct in that is just to say, babe, I need you to trust me. Just trust me. Like I got us. Mm. Um, but for her, as, for her as a woman, it just, she wants to feel invested in the process. She wants to feel valued in the process. She wants to feel like she has influence in the process. Mm. And so I've really tried to work hard to just consider and listen. And Because um, I'm sure there's something in you that's like, I, I, I'm leading this family. Mm. Like, I want you to come behind my leadership. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but it's just, it's not who my wife is. Mm. It's not who the Lord has created her to be. And it's not who the Lord has created for me to have as a spouse. Right. <laughs> so, um, so can we can we talk about that a little bit since we're on the subject? Is like, <clears throat> so you you mentioned you and your wife are are very different in mm-hmm. many ways. Yeah, H- how have y'all walked through that in marriage and like pre marriage, and yeah. then like what is that manifested into? Lots of arguments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean any any <laughs> any any marriage yeah. has discrepancies and arguments, sure. but. Yeah, for us, it was a big thing to just acknowledge our differences before we got married. And um, there were still so many things that I didn't know about Haley and she didn't know about me when we got married. And that's mm-hmm. okay. At the end of the day, we got married because we felt an invitation from the Lord to get married. Yeah. And so we said, regardless of our differences, regardless of if we make each other crazy in those areas or that, we we both feel like the Lord has asked us to do this and he is greater and he will sustain us. He will provide and make a space. As long as we stay fixed on him and stay devoted and pointed at him, he'll take care of the rest. You know, he will make a way for it to take care of the rest. Um, and so in marriage, we've had to continue to do that. We've had to really like have lots of conversations of, okay, when that happened, why did you feel that way? And Hey, when you did this, this made me feel that way. Or mm. when you say this, this makes me think this. Um, you know, yeah. for me to tell Haley in the moment, it now we've had this discussion so many times, but you know, backtrack a couple of months, if I were to tell her, babe, like 
I really feel like we just need to do this. I don't really care about the money. Um, I don't care. You know, she would be like, Gary, you can't tell me that. You can't tell me that, you know, that it, it creates a lot of, um, uh. It, uh, fear in her heart. And, um, you know, on the other, on the other hand, her mentioning things about, um, my parenting, if it's like my parents, uh, because of those scars, if right. she has if she compares me to my parents and how I did things that immediately is like, babe, I'm not them. I'm not them. Like I'm, I'm me and we are in this together. And so like identifying those triggers, um, talking through those things, having open dialogue about why I think this way and why she thinks this way, but also just like, and it's hard and you have to do it so often, but just to, like I said, to like acknowledge that this is who the Lord has me with. This is who the Lord has me with. And he has done that for a reason. And he has created her so beautiful and he loves her so much more than I do. So Lord, would you give me your lens for her? Yeah. Would you give me your lens for her? Would you help me to see my wife the way that you see her? Instead of seeing the differences as points of conflict or, um, you know, points of frustration or confusion, Lord, would you allow me to see them as blessings? Sure. Would you allow me to see them as um, ultimately things that make us stronger, not weaker? Um, and and it's hard to do, but it's just like, it's why we spend time with Jesus every day. Yeah. It's why anybody spends time with Jesus. Get filled up with him so we're not relying on other things. Um, and it's to see the world and his worldview, not our own. Um, and when we, when we do that, you know, Haley and I, we're a great team. We balance each other out so well, uh, when we, when we, we're on the same page and we acknowledge our differences. And so in this whole process, I said earlier, you know, I, I can feel the weight and the worry in her heart with this p potential move or this transition or the, the lack of money or whatever it is. And you I care can, about that. I, I love my wife <laughs> and I like, I'm in. I want to provide not just money. I want to provide love and affection and mm -hmm. comfort and peace to her as her husband. Um, and so I want to do anything I can. And so if it means staying here and, and biting my lip and sacrificing in my heart, whatever it is, we'll do it as long as it's not directly against what the Lord is speaking, you know? And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's hard, but at the same time, like, I can't be the end all be all of peace, comfort, joy, mm -hmm. provision for Haley because ultimately she serves the father and yeah. I serve the father. And so like she has to get filled up from him first and foremost. I have to get filled up from him first and foremost. Um, and then we come together, but you know, you know what I mean? Mm. So do, do you feel like, like you, you mentioned that, do you feel like those differences have ultimately blessed you guys as individuals and as a, as a team? Yeah, I mean, I it takes so much time, but I understand. I mean, it's going to continue. I have to continue to learn my spouse. But like after three years of marriage, I'm like, I know so much more how Haley thinks and operates, and I know what to say. The question that I know, like the questions she's going to ask before she even asks me them, mm -hmm. so I come prepared with those answers, <laughs> you know. Um, but I also know the things not to say, you know. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's made me stronger as an individual because I have an appreciation for those logical numbers people, sure. you know, that that need the facts, that need the details, 
Um, and yeah, as a team, like, and you don't necessarily need that to be comfortable. Not necessarily. There's, I mean, there's aspects of my life and my job and my brain that I enjoy those things and, and and thrive and are healthier off of those things, but I don't necessarily need them. Mm. Um, they don't work the same way in my brain as, as for her, you know, they're helpful to have, but I don't need them. Yeah. So how have y'all learned to like communicate? in that way to where you do create constructive like to where y'all are unifying more mm. and not the differences bringing you apart what does that look like for you learning to communicate and understand mm-hmm. um it's if it doesn't fall on the husband but it is the husband's role to be the initiator it's uh one of the something that I want to get tattooed on my, on my my body at some point in my life is there's four phrases that I really try to mark myself with. Um, it's, it's a real man of God rejects passivity, accepts responsibility, leads courageously, and loves unconditionally. Mm. And so that first one, a real man of That's God good. rejects passivity. It's Lecrae. Ah, serving, serving by Lecrae, freshman year of Feeling college. Feeling like a zombie, chasing all these bobbies, trying to get the bacon. <laughs> I haven't heard that song. We were listening to that song earlier, but rejecting passivity, it, it, it's so fleshly yeah, yeah. for a man to just be passive right. and to let things kind of happen. But as a man of God... I'm going to go hang with the boys. I don't yeah, yeah, as a covering, it's like we must reject passivity and be active and so for me, it's like, I don't want to have that conversation with Haley. I don't want to have that dialogue of, babe, like this hurt me or, hey, can we talk about how our day went? You know, yeah. just was there anything that I said to, that like upset you or whatever, but I have to be active. Mm. Being active is probably the best way, being proactive um, and just, just having conversations and being vulnerable. That's something that we've had to fight for yeah. is just vulnerability in to trust each other that when we bring things, we're not going to think each other we're petty. We're right. just trying to like grow. We're trying to learn to understand that we're still in this process, that we are not perfect, that this marriage is a covenant forever as long as we live. So like let's make the most of it and let's learn. So is there a balance there? Like when it comes to, yes, you want to be very adamant about communicating and leading in that way. Mm-hmm. Is there a balance or is there a needed balance where you like balance pressuring that conversation and yeah so it it comes from understanding who your spouse is Mm -hmm. um there's definitely been moments where i will come to Haley and say hey babe can we talk about this and she would say you know we might have had an argument yeah. And we need to resolve the argument. We need to talk about why we have this argument and to resolve the, the subject of the argument altogether. And I would come here, hey, babe, that we need to talk about this. And she might say, no, I'm still angry. I need some mm-hmm. time to cool down. And in the past, the mistake that I made was, no, we, will, we, we can't have anger. We can't have bitterness. Like, we got to talk about it. And that just made her more mad. <laughs> <laughs> so what I've learned yeah. is to say, okay, I trust you. I've I've initiated and I've acknowledged that we don't need to have unrepentance. We need to talk about this further. I so I've done the active part. Now I trust her as a follower of Jesus to come back and say, "Okay, I'm ready now." Mm-hmm. You know, and and that was the other way. We were literally driving home the other yet last night, and I talked to my my you know um, my former boss, and she was wanting all the details. 
she was asking me all the questions and I said sweetie can we, can we please talk about this when I when we get home and she she as much as she didn't want to I could tell the hesitation but she says no my husband needs this in the moment he needs mm. to absorb he needs to digest and so um, we didn't and we talked about it when we got home and it was great you know yeah. um, so but yes with that active piece like do your part but don't do more than your part mm. don't be her Holy Spirit don't be her father <laughs> just just do your part yeah. be the initiator and let her come to you yeah that trust mm-hmm. that trust that's, that's the big part yeah well Cole, Garrett okay well Cole <laughs> it's not the first time don't <laughs> Garrett um man this is a, a wonderful scary and big time of your life and I'm glad that you came on here and, and shared this and yeah. I'm honored to like have this conversation in the repertoire and yeah. down in the history books hey, now we yeah. can look back on it and see what happened hey, see man god answered prayers uh, yeah it, you know uh so thank you for coming on the show today thanks for having uh, me is there any last things that you want to like portray to people listening about this season that you're walking through or just about you know life lessons in general yeah i would say um it's getting serious because I'm leaning forward now. I've been I've been reclining I'll the lean whole forward time. with you. Um, yeah, so I'd say the last thing that I would want to say to listeners and, and to you um, is when it comes to like trusting in the sovereignty and the in like submitting yeah. to the to the sovereignty and the supremacy of our Father. Submission has such a negative connotation, not only in a marriage context, but submission altogether. Nobody wants to submit. Um, mm. But I would be the first, I don't know if I'd be the first, but I would be adamant and with a full heart, I can say it like submitting to the supremacy, the, 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 um, the omnipotence, yes, the omniscience, whatever it is, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, all those big omni words of our father, who he is, his DNA, his, his character, um, submitting to those things is so fun. Mm. It's such a joy. It's such a joy. It's not a confining thing. Maybe if you're listening and like you don't follow Jesus and you're like, I don't want to submit my life to this person that I don't know that doesn't know me. Like that's a lie that you you're believing. Like when you know in your heart and you know from your life that you choose to follow a a God that a God that's created everything, created Mm. everything in its infinite, in its detail from the, the, the expanding galaxy that is still happening, this expanding universe that is still happening yeah. to like the smallest detail of the unseen. He not only does all that and holds it all together, but he like loves us enough to have a relationship with us. Mm. Like he's that big, but he's that close. Mm. And so when you truly know that in the way that you can, the way that we can as humans, when you know that, like I want to, do whatever he wants like i want to have the god the creator of this universe controlling my life why wouldn't i yeah like i can trust him because he's all knowing he's all Mm -hmm. powerful i know it's best and when you come to that place of understanding like whatever we decide to do whatever whether lord says speaks or we have to make the decision like you said um he's good Mm. and i love him and and submitting to him is fun and it's joyful I would encourage anybody listening, f- cultivate that kind of relationship with our mm-hmm. father. It's not perfect. I'm still learning. Yeah. But like 
cultivate that. It just makes life so much more enjoyable and full and fun. That heart of submission. Yeah, just that heart of submission, but also just like understanding and knowing your heart that submission is so fun and so mm. joyful and it's best. Mm. It's best. You wow. Know? Dude, I love you, Garrett. <laughs> love you too, man. Um, yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank we'll, you so much. We'll wrap it up. That was a great way to end it. Submit, my friends. Submit to the Lord. Submit to his word. You want to pray us out? Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Jesus, thank you so much um, for this time and for this space. And Lord, I'm thankful on a personal level that you've created this space for me to dialogue and to talk about it and um, to talk about what you're doing and who you are and just being reminded again, who you are and how good you are, Lord. I thank you for that. I pray that um, our words were your words, that our words are your words, and they will, would go out and reach as many people as you would see fit um, to just not puff us each other up, not to puff this con uh, this this podcast up, yeah. um, but to, to glorify and honor you and yeah. to bring more glory and honor um, and praise to your name and your name alone, Jesus. Um, I do pray um, that, that more people would, would tune in and listen. Um, this is great stuff. And, and I thank you for, for Bailey and, and how you've created him and his, mm. his creativity and, and his anointing and his gifting to facilitate conversations such as these. Um, so thank you, Jesus. I pray that you would give Haley and I unity, uh, that you would bring unity. I, I don't really care where you have us. I just want to be with you and I want to be with her and I want to be with Ellis. Um, that's my son's name. Yeah. Um, so yeah, thank you, Jesus. We love you. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. Um, have your way. You rule and reign. I just get to be a part of it. We just get to be a part of it. And we're, we're grateful for that, Lord. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. Mm, love you. Love you, God. Amen. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, thank you guys for tuning in today. If you want to follow us on Instagram, that's at created.curious and then I think mine is bailey.mullins so you can do that uh, share this with a friend if you liked it that would help us out uh, but thank you guys for watching thank you Caleb Woo, on the computer Caleb. and Clutch thank you and Caleb. Garrett yeah. for uh, for being the guest today yeah, thanks, I hope this Caleb. blesses someone yeah amen so yeah. I loved it yeah thanks guys see you later